right, welcome to the Daniel Artest podcast powered by X versus X Sports and 265 Media, man. Listen, today I got a good show for y'all, man. I got my boy right there, man. Brandon Jamal, man. What's going on, brother? I'm doing all right, man. How's everything? Man, everything is all good, man. So, you know, hey, we're just going to get right into it, man. You know me, we go back a couple years, man, when we when we hoop and the beach together and stuff like that. We're going to get into that. You know what I mean? But, like, how you, how you been doing during this uh, COVID situation, man? Uh, honestly, I, I'm glad that I've had the support system I've been able to pull from in times yeah. like this. I feel like uh, you'll probably understand this. You and your brother understand this better than most people. You know, you guys have friends that played in the league. You guys have touched, you know, pro level. You touched pro level very early on in your lives. And when situations like this, you come home to nothing, there's no basketball. You can't tap in with your trainers. You can't go somewhere and lift. You can't You can't even find a gym to get shots up. I think it's. it can be really discouraging, honestly, especially for someone like me. I fought to kind of get my pro career off the ground for a while and to finally get it off the ground and then come home to nothing. I was like, well, wow, like, so this is what it feels like, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. I know, man. I know, I know it's definitely tough, but you know, you just gotta keep on working, man, every day, you know. Facts, facts. So yes, sir. So, like, like when did you start playing? Like, what what made you get interested into the game? So my grandfather, uh, Ray Anderson, uh, was a very, very vital piece from an early age for me and my uh, me and my younger brother, who you know as well. You know, my brother plays overseas too. Yeah. He was kind of the one, honestly, I owe, we, oh, I would say, oh, everything. And he kind of, he was the one that came and picked us up. He took us to Santa Monica Memorial Park, where we have, till this day, a very extended hoop family that, you know, over the years has become like our actual family. I think if it wasn't for him picking us up and taking us when he did, my brother probably would have still picked up basketball. But I don't know where I would have been sports-wise, to be honest. Mm. I'm, I'm thankful every day for that, honestly. Yeah, that's what's up, man. We all need those those mentors in our life, man. You know, for sure, you know? for sure, for sure. Yeah, especially, especially. You know, you know, it's crazy because like I was reading an article on you, man. Um, shout out to Ursula. You know what I mean? Yeah, I no, thinking. she she's that she did a great article. She's done a couple of articles. Yeah. She she's really good, man. But like, what stuck out, man? Like, cause you know, me and you, like I said, we go back to like 2015, man. Right, and, right, right. And I didn't really, you know, get to know the personal side of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of like, like me and you had had kind of the same childhood pretty much, you know, like, right. you know, getting picked on a lot, you know, dealing with the bullying, fighting, you know, mm -hmm. getting suspended from school and elementary. I got kicked out of school twice in elementary school, man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, growing up in a broken home and everything like that. So how were you able to use the game to get away from, from that environment? I think, I think it happened. And I, I know, I know who he probably won't admit it. I, I owe a lot to my brother. I owe a lot. There was a point to there was a point in time where our mom got sick within that first year. This is um, kind of fresh out of high school, 19 at the time. I don't really know. You know, I thought that, you know, you're supposed to go to college right after high school. And if you don't, you're a failure. Like you're supposed to have your life figured out once you get out of high school. That wasn't the case for me. Mom just got sick. A lot of things had to change and yeah. I didn't really know where I was or like what my place in the world was. I was literally, bro, I, I couldn't make this up. I was sitting at home kind of hooping sporadically, like, and eh, not really. And there was a tryout at um, LA Southwest College and my brother, literally, my cousin was going to go and my yeah. brother was like, are you going to go? I was like, no, for what? They literally looked at me like I was crazy. Like, I just didn't want to do it. 
I can't make this up, bro. My brother and my cousin kicked me out of my own house that we all lived in together. They kicked me out and would not let me back in until I went to the tryout. It's like, at least go. I understand you feel some type of way right now, but just go and try it out. And I went, and the rest is honestly history. I think I think that, that was a very big, big turning point for me. Mm. So we we going we going to get into your, your college experience and stuff like that. I want I want I want to I want to get the Brandon Jamal story. You know what I'm saying? So like, like take us like through your early development with basketball. You know, because it seemed like from I'm just going by from my point of view, like you was a late bloomer. You know what I'm saying? No, 100. Absolutely. Yeah. So take us like 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 who do you give credit to for your early development in, in basketball? Um, I would say early development, probably my grandfather and my brother. Uh, okay. I had other people. Um, our extended family at uh, Santa Monica Memorial Park. We had people like uh, Mooch, people like AD, people like uh, Brett, um, who I still keep in touch with now. Me and my brother both do. His sister, Monica, who played for LMU, played for Hawaii. Like, they were kind of the older, like, the kind of big brother and big sister siblings we kind of had to go at when we were little. Yeah. You know, they, they saw potential early. They had a great connection with our grandfather. And, you know, it was something that that, that whole hoop environment in general, um, a couple names, Jerome Green on the AAU circuit was definitely kind of a definitely a, somewhat of a partial motivating factor. There was just a lot of, uh, of undertones I didn't start to see until now, almost like 10 years later. Mm. College was uh, I'm thankful for my college coach. My Juco coach definitely was harsh. He kind of the, the day me and you had that conversation at the beach. It was just like, I don't need you guys here. If you guys don't want to, if you got, I can go find another one of you right now who yeah. will do exactly what I say, who will be coachable, who will be respectful, and who will just follow my lead. And he was right about it. That wasn't that wasn't being disrespectful. That was just, that was life. That's if life. you really think you're that good without me, go out ahead and strike out and see how good you do. But yeah. I promise you won't make it far. I think, I think that level of truthfulness shaped me as an athlete. I don't think I would have gotten as far if I didn't have a coach that was willing to be that honest with me. Yeah, 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 man. You um, you definitely need those male mentors. Like so far, somebody like you just had a lot of dope, you know, male mentors in your life and stuff like that. hundred percent to take the role. Because listen, man, like I was surprised, man. Like, I did not know that you was adopted, and then your, yeah. your younger brother, you know, what I'm saying, um, God rest her soul, um, Miss Dolores, you know, what I mean, picked up your younger brother a year later after he was born and stuff like that. So like, I know that, that that's just that's your your story is, is, is just so crazy, man. So you know. What no, I mean? I so, a hundred percent. My uh, my one of my cousins, uh, my Dolores, who's still with us, that you met a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when my real mother, we didn't have a great relationship growing up. We it was strained for a very long time, and by yeah. the time we got to that point, I was already past JUCO. My junior college coach, uh, Calvin Kyles, did a great job at you know helping me find a scholarship. It was yeah. a decision amongst him and my family that I go to school out of state. I'm from California. We felt like it was a bad idea for me to go to school out here on a scholarship. I'm close to everything. There's no real room, real room for me to grow if I'm comfortable. So, you know, I ended up going to school in in Dickinson, North Dakota when I went to DSU. And me and my real mother, there was a family event and my great grandmother's birthday party. And we kind of got a chance to bury the hatchet and like really talk adult to adult. You know, I'm in my, my early 20s at this time. I think uh after she passed my real mom passed a couple of uh, a couple of months later it just everything kind of kind of flipped on a dime so to speak because like uh, last month i got the text from my cousin in november 5th 
1991 was when my mother Dolores brought me home. Mm. I was born in July. She brought me home in November. He texted me. He's like, on this day, 20 odd some years ago, your mom brought you home to us for the first time and we got to see you. So it was just reading that text message earlier today. And then like, you kind of start to see how everything came full circle. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you ever, you ever felt like, like, you know, growing up, like it was always something missing. I think, uh, I think it didn't kind of set in until later. Hmm. My Dolores, my, my real, uh, my, my adopted hmm. mother is a queen bar none. She, she already raised a full set of kids. All her kids were grown by the time she got me and my brother and she did an amazing job raising us. Clean records. I mean, obviously we got in our fair share of trouble, but nothing, nothing detrimental to the family. Yeah. I think for you to take two kids who aren't yours and to raise them the way you did and to raise them well at that, especially in that age, shootings, gang stuff, you know, just trying to keep kids on the right path in general is, is tough. You know, yeah. doing it as a, doing it as a single mother at that is is even tougher. Yeah, I didn't re- I didn't realize what was missing until me and my real mother got a chance to have that talk. It was something that yes, you're my mother, I love you for bringing me into this world, but we gotta we have a big disconnect. We gotta yeah. fix it. I didn't want to just leave for college without getting a chance to fix it. Yeah, you know, I it was i had to do it i had to pull it to the side away from the family we really have to talk and figure this out i would love a relationship with my mother i, I don't want to live the rest of my life my real mother is out here i'm capable of seeing her and it's just bad blood i didn't want that yeah. and i think that that brought that little missing piece back into my life and then when she passed i just ever since then it kind of feels like there's a piece missing you know when you you have accomplishments as a as a kid you want to call your parent you want to notify your parent, you know, and God rest your soul. Some days it, it sucks not being able to do that. And it's, it's something like you said, you you guys didn't know when I when I met you and Meta, you guys didn't know that a lot of people don't know my personal life super in depth. So when they find out, it's like, whoa, oh, my God, like we never knew. It's yeah. not something I, I seek to glorify. It's just yeah, yeah, grind true. it out. True, true, true. So, like, you know, you you played your junior college basketball yeah. um, at L.A. Southwest, then you went to Dickinson State. And, you know, like, take us through that because, like like I said, we have, we have, we kind of like the same person, man. Like, right. you know, leaving high school and going to college was that was a crazy culture shock, you know what I'm saying, basketball-wise, you know, where it's more demanding, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you hit the nail on the head. It was, I had to learn high school and the junior college is vastly different. In high school, you show up late to class, so you miss his class, they call your parents. In junior college, they don't care. They call you. They call you. They don't care. If you don't show up to class, they just fail you. You're an adult at that point, and you get treated like one. It's the same thing with basketball. Can't nobody hold your hand in JUCO. No one's going to do that. I, I I thank Coach Cal so much for that for that honesty because it, yeah. it, it, it hurt to hear at times. But if I didn't hear it, I would probably be a way more arrogant person. Like, I'd probably be so arrogant, so full of myself. Oh, I don't need to. I can just bounce around from school to school until I find somewhere that fits. That's not the way it works. It, I, I learned now doing that looks bad. Yeah, that like, was me, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, it, then for for him to for him to kind of mentor me the way he did, as frustrating as I was to do it, me and him joke about it to this day. Um, for him, you know, Dickinson State was a complete 180. Going to school in North Dakota, somewhere I've never been. My brother was my brother had finished up his career at Montana at the time. Okay. So while he was in school, I got a chance to visit him before I started university. 
So yeah. being around that kind of college atmosphere, big high level playing, you know, big crowds, it was something I was used to. So I kind of went to North Dakota very comfortable and in the same breath, four of my teammates that played at Southwest were also there with me. So it was, it was, it made, it made the transition so much easier. I'm, I'm thankful for these guys. We still keep in touch and hoop every now and again, whenever we get the chance to this day. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Dickinson definitely shaped me as an athlete for sure. Yeah. It, it definitely, it threw things in motion. It definitely made me realize like, Hey, I can, I can honestly kind of do this. Mm. So, for the listeners, man, you got to tell us about those early, early Venice basketball days that um, the games at Venice Beach, you know, before oh it got corporate, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, like take, us, take us through that. <laughs> so it's funny how me and you met. The crazy part, how me and you met wasn't even supposed to happen. We only remember we only met because Meta was super busy and he couldn't come down to the game. So you had to step in and uh, take over the team. Yeah. Remember? Yep, of course. It was Meta was looking for players. Until this day, me and you still joke about it all the time. Meta was looking for players. Mm-hmm. Nick had hit me and actually said, he had, I told Meta about you. He wants to meet you. The first game, I remember the first game I showed up, you were there because you were taking over that weekend. Yeah. I dropped, what, 18 and 10, 18, yeah. 10 and 5? Are you looking at like, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> and then the following weekend when you and Meta were both there, I had like 5 and like 10. So I was <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm cooked. I just showed out. looked like I just had a lucky day. And then the following week after Meta couldn't make it, you were running the team again. And I had a great double-double game. And we, ever since then, we kind of built our own level of chemistry. You kind of took me under your wing. Yeah. And we rocked out. But those days, oh, yeah, before the sponsorships and everything, it was grimy. It was it was rough. Getting getting bodied, getting fouled. It was really nitty-gritty. Yeah. Like, the some of the guys that play in the VBL now would not have had, like, the level of success they had had they played then. Yeah. Like honestly, it's 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 hard to put that type of wear and tear on your body for three months consistently for five, six, seven plus years. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And we and we and we were the team to beat every year we played. We were definitely mm-hmm. the team to beat. Made sure we we made playoffs every year, semis every year. We didn't get a chance to get to the ship, but we were definitely a contender at all times. Yeah, you can re- never sleep on us. Yeah, I remember the team when when, when we played because I only played that one year in 2015 and stuff. Right. You know when we went to the we went to the semifinals, we lost to a brand black man. Tough. tough uh, loss. That that game was the, that 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 year was supposed to be ours. We yeah. we steamrolled every team. Uh, every team, yeah. We I got we to lost, everybody. We, lost, we only lost to Bland Black and Hall of Fame. And that was it. Lost. And um, United Nations too, where um, they hit yeah. the brother. Remember, I got upset at Nick because they pushed the time up. Yeah. So I remember that. I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, that was that was the game we we got robbed that year, and yeah. then after that game, nobody beat us until uh, Hall of Fame, and then after that, it was uh, Brand Black. But we yeah. were we were pretty much untouchable that yeah, we year. We love one hundred percent. The crazy thing was like you know because um, you know Ron Ron had or Meta he had the control of of all the Panda teams. But right. he, he let me rock out with 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 the um right. with team, and we that team went further than all the other panel teams that he had from JB, Drew League, everything. everything. We went <laughs> furthest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, it's still in. And, and we, it was crazy if you think about it. Jerron and Ron were little at that time; they were so young, yep. running up and down with us. Yep. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see how much they've grown since then. I still, yeah. whenever I see Ron and Jerron, I'm like, oh, dude, I feel so old. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Y'all, it's crazy. Y'all, y'all really hooping, dunking, punching on everybody. It's, it's. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to see it. It's, it's, 
it's nice. I knew they were going to be good when they got older, but dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy, man. But you know what, though? What I noticed about you was a lot of people really didn't believe in you or your game, man. Like, At all. how did you handle the criticism? Because they was in your face with it, man. You know, yeah. um, I always thought that when they called you Big Baby, I always thought it was a disrespectful streetball name. I thought that they was really trolling you with calling right. you that. But, you know, like, how how did you deal with, with that open criticism of, of, of your game and stuff? I think so. Around when I when I first started hooping in the VBL, uh, mouthpiece at the time, uh, he was actually hooping on the Venice courts, like yeah, with, I, all, with yeah. all the adults. So growing up, when I started going out a little more, like hitting the beach more often, I used to go out there and hoop with him. You can ask him yourself. I was, I was terrible, yeah. But not like not terrible. But he saw there was room for growth. He's always definitely been a big brother. Whenever I stepped out on that court, a lot of the guys, Eugene Wright. Um, um, another cat we call Detroit. They literally watched me go from that court to the main court to my VBL, you know, to my VBL days. And he's been nothing but an encouraging factor. Anyone who's seen me since then, hooping with the hooping with the adults, with the, like with the bigger guys, was just like, we know you can do it. Took you long enough. Yeah. You know, I think I think the open criticism was something easy. Like it was easy for me to ignore because I knew who was in my corner at the time. Mm, OK, OK. You know, I, I, I knew where I could pull from. I had more positive coming in than negative. Yeah. You know, and with, you know, having you have a meta to pull from and still maintaining those relationships till this day. That helped me a lot back then. It was it was that summer finishing Juco where I, I killed. I averaged a double double every game. Yeah. Before taking off the college. You remember that weekend? We went crazy that weekend. That weekend was crazy. Birthday yeah. weekend. It was amazing. It was it was one of the best send-offs ever. I think that marked like the peak of my growth. Like it showed how much I had grown since then. I wasn't just a kid anymore. You know, it, it's yeah. it was it got easier to drown it all out the more I played. Yeah. And then you ended up playing in China. And you ended yeah. up in Germany to play professional basketball. Um, you know what I mean? So tell us how was your first your first year over there, man. Take us through that experience. China, China was different. Um, I'm happy though. I'm happy I had it. I think that definitely prepared me more for Germany. Looking back on it now, uh, China was that it's, it's it's a culture shock. You know, you see it on TV, you see it in movies, you see it on Snapchat, you see it on Instagram stories, but until you're really in the thick of it, you don't know nothing. Yeah. You know, you you can see it and say you went there, but it's not until you until you get there. It's crazy. The culture, the food, the stores, the people, people see athletes in China. You know, they run up to you. The level of personal space is a little different. They run up to you, want to take your photo, yeah. run up to you. You know, you see flashing lights all outside your bus. If you dunk a ball on a fast break to you, it's nothing to them. It's the best thing they've ever seen. Yep. I, you know, then the dynamic in Europe is it's different. They yeah. know, like you see an American in Europe, tall, 6'10". They assume you're an athlete. They're right, but it's just like, oh, okay, we, we get you guys here year-round. Yeah, It's nice to have you here. You're super tall. You might take a picture here there, but it's more of a, like, I'm a regular – I can be a regular person in Europe. That's how I felt. Yeah. You know, when, when Germany happened, they were looking for players. They reached out to Nick for bigs. Nick threw my name in the pot, and they ended up signing me. <laughs> I think – the level of comfortability there was way different. I could walk around, not have to worry about being bothered. People rushing me, running up to me, go out, you know, experience the city, the culture. It was it was awesome. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Mm. I, I Germany was Germany was a very was a very good test for me. China was China was a way for me to get used to being overseas. Time difference, 
yeah. flights. I'm somewhere I don't know playing basketball. That was just, all right, can you really do it? How are you going to perform here? Yeah. I could have played better. I had a couple of guys that uh, played great that I got a chance to pull from. Uh, my good friend Wes was out there with me. Um, but it was definitely, that was the test. I came back uh, home like. West the guard, point guard Wes? Yeah. When I yeah. played with us in Venice Beach? Yeah, he was yeah. out there with me. So having him, someone I'm so comfortable with, I know how to play off of, it made my time that much more comfortable there. Yeah. But I came back home, I was like, I could have did better. I wanted more. I was hungry for it. And then Germany happened, and I tore through that whole league. Mm. It was a business trip for me. and It wasn't time to go over there and play around. This is my first legit, legit pro contract, my first legit pro season. It wasn't a tour that lasted two to three months. This was something – I couldn't mess this up. I didn't know if I was going to get another chance. Mm. Uh, I played very well. I, I, I averaged a double-double. My team went undefeated. We, we won our lead to move up. It was it was a great feeling. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Then COVID happened. You know, you, you come home. Imagine coming home, winning a championship, and you get all of it taken away from you. Yeah. You start, I start to feel like, wow, did I just go over there and do all that for nothing? You know, was was it was it all for why? I felt so discouraged and I felt like a failure, honestly. Yeah. I fought so hard to get my career off the ground and then the world goes into lockdown. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's yo, know, COVID was was crazy, crazy experience yeah. right with, with COVID yeah. and with everything, man. Well you, you got you gotta look at it also in the same way I got friends who are overseas right now who got a chance to go back and finish other seasons. So it's like to see them in other parts of Europe, and I can't go because my league is closed. I'm happy for all of my guys and my homegirls that got a chance to go overseas. Yeah. Had a couple of homegirls in Germany that got the other parts of Germany that leave and get canceled. They got a chance to play. Mm. Some of my guys ended up in Denmark and in Poland. I'm so happy I got to watch them play and have a successful season. But I, in the same breath, I wanted that for myself too. I mean, yesterday, yeah, you know, yesterday, January 9th, a year ago, I was on a flight to Europe. I was in Germany today a year ago, getting ready, like getting ready to play my first my first game as a pro athlete. So you look back on that, and it's just like, wow, I really I was somewhere else today. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just life. That's why you gotta live. You gotta live. You know, one day at a time. And 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 um, you know, don't. Sometimes I'd be like, don't take life serious because you won't get out of it alive if you take life right. serious or whatever. You know, um, but yeah, you, no, just gotta, you gotta live one day at a time and always. Bad man for for these for these moments, man, because you never know and stuff like that. So, like, before we get into these X versus X questions, like, so what are you doing to stay prepared? Because you know, just in case if tomorrow, hey, we ready, we got a spot for you. I'm working. I'm lifting as much as I possibly can. You know, with the COVID restrictions, mm -hmm. Meta launching X versus X, it coming to fruition during COVID might have been the best time for the app to go live. In my honest opinion. I felt like it caught some, I felt like it definitely caught some waves of like high intensity in the beginning, but this is all we have now. Yeah. So I think being able to, okay, I can go here and get a run and get my cardio. I have a friend who has a garage that he turned into a weight room. I can go here and lift. Certain yeah. things are being presented to me. And now it's like, I don't feel as discouraged anymore. Mm. I can go and lift and get it out of my system. You know, it's, it's nice. I'm running a little bit here and there. I just, I'm hungry. I just, I just want to hoop. You throw me, you throw me on a court. I'm ready to play. Yeah. So tell, tell me, tell me how have your experience been? You know, playing with the um, playing in X versus X games and um those open runs. I love it. 
I honestly, uh, you you know, you guys, you guys are like big brothers and mentors to me. So, you know, being a having not having seen Meta for that long period of time and Ron and Jerron and getting a chance to be around them again, like old times, it was a great atmosphere for me to be in. I, I owe a lot to X versus X because I was in a kind of a dark place basketball wise. I was honestly at a point to where I want to hoop, but these like some of these runs, it's not cutting it. It's not the same. Yeah. You know, and then I'm keeping in touch with my team from Germany. It's touch and go with them whether or not I can go back there and play. So dealing with all that at, at the at the same time, I went through a major, you know, uh, death from a close family friend at the time. I just I was fighting a lot. Yeah. And I was just, you know what? I'm done with basketball. It's just time for me to hang it up. There's no point. And I think having X versus X, having that availability at that time, it helped. It helped a lot. It definitely saved me from honestly throwing away my whole career that I could potentially still have. Man, that's dope. Uh, the, I, think, I think that you still you still going to have it, man. You still you still yeah. relatively young, man. Just don't give in. You know what I mean? There's always, there's always you're you're a pro, man. You know? Yeah. You're definitely the, the, the runs are great. They're well organized. The I think Meta being who he is, having the contacts that he has, it provides a safe space for everybody. Yeah. It's I I'm, I'm telling you, I I think this is something that we need. Everybody needs it year round. Mm. So like. How has participating in those runs improved your game? You know, improved your level? I think it's been very beneficial. Every time I see Meta, he always tells me I'm I'm getting better. He's told yeah. me I've come a very long way since you know that little kid he met at 18, 19. Yeah. Um, you know, he's obviously always gonna critique me. It's always positive. You know, yeah. just tell me, hey, you know, work on your post a little more. Don't let the ball stick. You know, focus, focus on passing and trying to get open. Cut with the ball, cut without it. You know, he's always just giving me nothing but positive reinforcement since I've met him from day one. It's never been, you're only a post player, do this. Well, if you're going to yeah. step out, work on it. Yeah. You know, if this is what you're, if this is what you're going to do, work on it. And he, yeah. and he encourages it. He encourages us players to kind of step out of our comfort zone or the boxes people have tried to put us in athletically. You know, I, I owe a lot to my other mentor, Zeon. When my brother was going overseas, not being able to get workouts in with him, Zeon literally took me under his wing, had me up 9 a.m. sessions before, you know, working. And I was really getting it in. My development as an athlete and that one summer being put around pro guys like Chris Copeland, mm -hmm. um, James Wright, his best friend, who also goes by Mook, uh, Mike Bethia, mm -hmm. uh, Brandon Bowman, Cope invited some of his pro guys to the runs. J.R. Smith has played once with us once or twice. Caldwell Pope, uh, Nick Young. Being around high-level IQ guys like that or just being put in that atmosphere is going to do nothing but make me better. I'm so thankful for it. And that translates to Meadows' runs. Him being there overseeing us, it puts an extra level of competition that lights a fire under most of us. We, You know, we, we're hooping, but we're hooping in front of him. So there's a, there's a level of extra competitiveness that's there. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So talk about the, the X versus X community, man. Have you made any any friendships or professional relationships that you, um through the um participation of X versus X? Uh I'm working on some of my professional relationships, getting a little more in depth with the people who run it and host everything. Uh Kobe's been awesome. I've known Kobe for a long time. Yeah. She's she's great. She's great, super professional, super just nice, nice little ball of energy. And she she loves the game. She watches the sports. So I think having someone who is kind of outside on the outside in who still understands the game is great to pull from and talk to yeah. uh, Victoria. I didn't meet them until this year, Victoria, Monica, Chels, uh, Janae Barnes. I didn't, you know, my hoop sister community, 
uh, I didn't really get in get in full swing with them until this last past year, until you know X versus X started holding runs. Yeah. Most of the most of the male athletes that go to the runs I knew already. You know, some of my VBO and Drew friends. Yeah. It's it's nice being around everybody. I think it's something that we needed, all of us. And I think it's given all of us. We owe a lot to Meta and uh, everyone that runs X versus X because it's given us a, an amazing, priceless platform for us. We yeah. need it trying to pursue our careers, you know, trying to build a following on social media. It's great. He's just been nothing but a big giant ball of positive reinforcement for everybody. The podcast interviews, the player profiles, you don't see a lot of people doing stuff like this. Yeah. When people do it, they focus on the guys who are already pro people who have their pro careers. You don't focus on the people who are trying to build, who are trying to work their way up. And I think that's where a lot of people like, like me, like other people who are trying to pursue their careers who don't have the giant following on social media, we get lost in the shuffle. And I think having meta around and X versus X prevents that. It gives people who don't have a spotlight a chance to build on their platform and to get better and to have a safe space to just play and work yeah. on their game. Yeah, you got to understand, though, like, you know, the NBA since its inception in 1946-47 season, mm -hmm. they had less than 5,000 players in the wow. league. You know what I mean? In the 75 year history of the NBA, less than 5,000 players. I think it's literally like 4,703 people that played so far in the NBA since, wow. since 1946, 1947. So yeah, think about it. That is a small fraternity of NBA, of, of basketball players versus, exactly. you know, how many millions play overseas. You know, think about it. China has more players in basketball than the United States population alone. You they know? do. The, the, the overseas community is it's huge. Huge. So this will, I think this is like the, the way to go. So speaking of that, let's segue into that last question. Do you see X versus X as a platform they can use to further a pro career? Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. You have, you have people like Meta Kobe, who's building her sports agency at the helm of this. You have you doing the podcast stuff. You have pro experience. Meta and his pro contacts, Chris Copeland, Larry Sanders, uh, JR, multiple, multiple dudes at multiple people who play pro level or who are currently in the NBA now at his fingertips for contacts. The the level of potential for someone to put, like, it's, I can't even describe it, honestly. I think X versus X is a great, amazing platform to try to get a pro career because it's run by someone who knows what it takes. Mm -hmm. and, when you, and when he sees we're hungry, he will do everything in his power to kind of just put us on a platform. If he sees you're hungry, I'm going to put you here. And now whatever I do after I place you here is up to you. Up to I you. think having someone like that is very, is great for us because, you know, a lot of trainers don't do that. They don't put their guys on a platform or, you know, unless you're a high level, a high level pro, they don't really pay attention to you. You know, I, I think having Meta, Meta genuinely, genuinely wants to see us succeed in whatever avenue we go through when it comes to athletics. I think having that in your corner mentally just helps you be more hungry yeah that's dope man that's dope so so yeah thanks for coming on to the show brother man listen man just uh shout out your social media pages so everybody can get in contact with you after they hear this you know it's gonna be you know everybody gonna want to reach out to to big baby i forgot to even say yo he's 6 10 240 all right so all y'all overseas nah, that's, that's different we said we 16 we, we 16 creeping 250 now well that's even better yeah he's athletic so <laughs> I uh, appreciate, appreciate X versus X for having me. My brother, Daniel, it's great to, it's great to talk to you again. We definitely got to keep in touch more. Follow my handle on social media, Instagram at lazybuttalented33. Don't let the handle fool you. Lazy but a bucket, I promise you.
<laughs> that's dope. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact, man. But yeah, I'm Daniel Artest. Y'all can follow me at Daniel Artest Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, you can follow me at 265 Media on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to follow X versus X Sports on all your um, you know, social media platforms, man. With that being said, I'm Daniel Artest. That's Brandon Jamal. That's my boy right there, man. We are out of here. Peace. Y'all have a great day.